This NBA Game Three Picks Edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com/edge to get started today. Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy. You're listening to SGP. Wait, hold on. Say it again. Everyone to the Sports Gambling Podcast. I'm Sean, second the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan. Real money Kramer. What's happening, Kramer? Dog. Pretty amazing to see that football action on the ice tonight. There some, oh man. There was some serious hitting going on. How about our nights? Well, Ryan, Whoa. unfortunately, you were on the Panthers. But <laughs> it was a bad My choice. Vegas Knights. Uh, shout out to Derek Stevens getting a lot of a lot of uh, on-screen time behind the glass. Knights off to a great start. We're going to be talking. Uh, hopefully, get a little more hockey talk in uh, later on in the week. How much do you think they paid for their patch on the jerseys, and I guess those tickets behind the ice? Yeah, I, I don't know if uh, it is Vegas. You know how that goes, Ryan. Everything's a uh, hey. You get you pay for the patch. You get a little. Uh, it's genius because I you know the hockey players would rather go down to the circa than the the, the, <laughs> the like go to the Bellagio. Oh man, yeah. If you're a, if you're a professional athlete, the circa is kind of the spot, especially if you're a hockey guy, because I feel like the hockey guys are the. Lowest maintenance. They're they're you know man of the people. They would enjoy the scenery at Stadium Swim as many professional athletes would. It's rugby on ice. Very yeah. very honorable. Just about throwing back some beers and having a good time. Ryan, uh, we got an update from the YouTube chat. No sound. So uh, hopefully we can get that <laughs> that figured out. Uh, Patrick Fisher saying this is fine. We can do our own uh, own voices here. Oh, we were getting some YouTube warnings too. So hopefully hopefully everything's good. All right. Uh, uh, I'm assuming it's continued. We're going to power through. Okay. The yellow, the yellow warning has gone away. So, and we're back here live on YouTube, <laughs> youtube.com slash sports game and podcast. Make sure you that subscribe button live every Sunday to Thursday, eight 30 Pacific and bonus shows, 1130 East. What were you getting at Kramer? I was going to say uh, the kids might not remember, but they used to have no sound for television. So we were just <laughs> reminding you. Of what it was yes, like. taking you back. All right, uh, enough messing around. We got a uh, we got moon breaking off, news from the moon off and Scott. That uh, <laughs> easy wants to hear the welcome again. You can go back. We will uh, we will edit it back in. Um, oh, we, we got moon off and Scott going to be joining us from the NBA Gambling Podcast. Before we do that, Ryan, we yes. do have this week's edition of that is a disgusting act sent in from uh, the promo cactus oh, on wait. Twitter. Shout I, out to I, the promo cactus. I thought you were going in a different direction here. What do you mean? No, I, I know you sent me this as well, but I, I thought we were going to break in to discuss like more gambling on our, our great league. Oh yeah. The real men of DJ with the Colts player. We can save that one. Okay. Uh, we're, we got an NFL futures episode. Maybe we save that one. For oh, I thought you were going to call it a disgusting act because of our, our commissioner <laughs> and what he's laid down a very clear law guys. All right. Yes. Uh, all right. Let me. Do you want? You uh, started. This is from the uh, Stanley Cup game that we just saw. Game two. 
computer. Everything's weird. Over and Biz, to your point about the trainer and the stick, he's got the biggest knob in the league. Yeah. So if you're the trainer, it's pretty easy to pick out what his stick looks like on the stick rack because his knob is so huge. Absolutely. Over <laughs> and Biz, to your point about the trainer and the stick, he's got the biggest knob in the league. Yeah. So if you're the trainer, it's pretty easy to pick out what his stick looks like on the stick rack because his knob is so huge. <laughs> pretty easy to pick out which which stick is his stick because he's got the biggest knob. Oh, I'm man. just picturing a knob rack. <laughs> Biggest knob. It's like when someone says bag of dicks. <laughs> I mean, you got a knob well, rack it, over there. And it reminded me when we had Gilbert on talking hockey, uh, we were talking about it, hearing the word knob is an insult. Knob, really a five tool word. Uh, <laughs> it's just so good. All right. <laughs> great, great use of the word tool. <laughs> hey, we're bringing the NBA guys on before we do. Shout out to Edge Boost. Oh, man. Imagine if you use Edge Boost to get down on. Kramer's bet of a Joker of 40 plus points and what it was 10 to 1. And I also gave out a Joker over 40 points, parlayed with the heat money line. Imagine the opportunities. Again, that's what's great about Edge. It, it, it you know, gives you a gives a little chance to double down on your favorite bet and or you know, again, your hedging, whatever it is, it's great to have access to more funds for your bankroll. And it's not some sleazy loan shark. Zero percent interest. Imagine that zero percent interest. Uh, again, Edge Boost can also be part of a responsible gambling plan. You can set up daily, weekly, monthly limits across all your accounts from one place with the Edge Boost Visa card. Again, it's the world's first ever bet now, pay later Visa card. Highly recommended. Support SGPN, grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash Edge. To sign up today, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Most of 21 years or older, problem gambling call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's bring on the guys joining us from the NBA Gambling Podcast, the MLB Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast. He does it all. Moonoff, the machine, Manji. What's happening, Moonoff? Uh, not much. I was just a little distracted because Kim, Garta- Kim Kardashian was wearing a t-shirt of her sister Kendall Jenner's all of her five ex boyfriends and that play in the NBA. So I was just looking at oh. <laughs> I was just looking at that. I'll post it in our Discord. Oh, that's a great uh <laughs> that's great. Speaking of pop stars and NBA stuff, I don't know if you've seen, but the Taylor Swift curse. Basically every team uh, that has it, that has also been a stop on Taylor Swift's tour has been knocked out of the NBA playoffs. Now the nuggets have oh a tour date coming up for Taylor Swift, Miami, not on the T Swift. How, how does she not? She's like the biggest from what I understand. She's my, both my daughters aren't, aren't Swifty. So really from what I understand, she's huge. Yes. How are massive. you not doing Miami? How big are you? If you're not doing Miami, it's, I, maybe it's uh maybe it's not T. So she play scene? the football stadium. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she, yeah, hmm. maybe she goes to Florida state uh, plays, uh, plays their state. I, I have no idea what her Florida plans are. More importantly, what's moon off looking at that. He's staring at the <laughs> Kardashians. He's, yeah, he's got, he's got he's on my Twitter feed. He prefers, <laughs> he prefers those boobs to these boobs. Uh, yeah, got a I couple mean, of boobs I, over here. I did hear the Kardashian. Uh, is it a show? Maybe I'm a big TV guy. I wasn't aware. Apparently, it's coming back for another season, and it sounds like there's going to be a lot of drama mm. based on what Ryan Seacrest was telling me this morning. <laughs> this man, he knows drama when it comes to hitting bets. Oh. You know him. You love him, Scott Rye Shell from the NBA Gambling Podcast, the Tennis Gambling Podcast. What's happening, Scott? 
Yeah, nothing much. Uh, I'm going to take partial credit for the Jokic 40-plus yes. point bets that yes. both of you guys had, so it feels good. I thought Jokic would have a good game. Uh, I wasn't sure if I'd be willing to go to 40, but I was going up to 35. Unfortunately, Denver losing was not something I had on my bingo card, but I was right about the over, and I was right about Jokic having a big game, assuming Miami and Spolster would pivot, pretty much limit the assists and let Jokic do whatever he wanted, and that's exactly what happened in the game. But nice job in Miami, even up the series. And now things are getting interesting. Yeah, yeah. not, not. And by the way, if, if the Clips team really wanted to do a deep dive instead of just blowing smoke up Sean's ass, mm. which I, I appreciate that guilt coming out, <laughs> uh, but uh, they really would have pulled the, the like three or four times earlier in the episode that Scott says Jokic could just score 40 whenever he wants. He's just going to play or they, he just played around and, and, and score. He, he like, you called for 40 multiple times and then you yes. backed out at the end. So Scott, Scott, Scott got the ball rolling. And I think we all kind of, even though Scott was Scott leaning, is the leaning more nuggets, he, when we laid out the case of, Hey, they're going to let him score. They're going to try and limit the assists. And I don't even, I thought, I still thought Joker got like good passes off. That probably should have been assists. Uh, they just the, weren't, uh, they weren't helping him out. Scott there. is the beautiful natural landscape. <laughs> we are, but mere artists. He was, he's the first domino. And then it just kept building and building till he hit some. So you say that both of you are like the Picassos and I'm the Bob Ross. Cause I can be the Bob Ross. I don't mind. <laughs> uh, that Ooh. is a, that is an amazing Photoshop. I was uh, Scott's head on a Bob Ross yeah. while he's Ooh, like painting a little parlay. Uh, he's painting. He's painting a parlay oh, painter. I like it. Uh oh. He's he's crafting the parlay painting. I, I mean, I don't know. This is I, the fact that Miami won that game. That it's all tied up. The the Heat shooting had to me has been kind of crazy. Uh, the Heat have shot forty eight percent plus from three six times in the playoffs. In the eighty two regular season games, they've only done that five times. And how many of those games were games they came back from double digit? Yeah, and then deficits. that's the that's the other nugget. Uh, game two was the Heat's seventh double digit comeback this postseason, tied for the most uh, such wins in a single postseason in the last twenty five years. Joining the Warriors last season, the Heat in, in 2011, 2012. Moonoff, uh, should we just auto bet the Heat anytime they get down 10 in the finals? Like, what's going on here? Team that doesn't give up, and I think this is a lot that we talked about uh, on uh, here on on your guys' show and also on the NBA pod is that Eric Spolster just does a fantastic job of making in-game adjustments, whether it's at the end of the quarter, whether it's halftime adjustments. And whether it's going to the fourth quarter, I mean, this Heat team—they don't give up, man. I mean, like you said, they've come back multiple, multiple times, being down double digits in the playoffs, and it just kind of tells you the character of this team. Like, they take on the persona of Jimmy Butler, right? And like, they're—they're going to play for the full forty-eight minutes, whether they're going to win or they're going to lose. And if they're oh. down ten, you, I think you got to live bet them, and I think it, it's a great opportunity for you to make some money if you took the other side. And you find a nice middle with the Miami Heat, but yeah, this team does not roll over, and I don't expect them to uh, for the rest of the series. Great series to trade, Sean. These these games have just been delightful to trade. <laughs> no, uh, I mean here's if you're, what if I you're in say. game, there it does feel like there's some good opportunities. Uh, how how long are we into the show? Uh, both the inaudible and the audible portions. Ten minutes at least. Yeah. Has anyone mentioned the ref? I know Scott's a man of honor, mm. and he would never bring up the refs. But you two scoundrels. Who I'm oh, I, sure no, I can. If, oh, if you yeah. want me to, I can. Uh, I just what's, what's, what's as your... someone who made a lot of money on the last game, and I don't necessarily have a huge position overall on Denver for the series, and I do have an eighteen to one ticket on Jimmy Butler for MVP. I thought 
what put the nail in the coffin and, and, and like hammered it like four times was when they called those two just bullshit ticky tack fouls in the fourth quarter to then set up what would be a nice free throw shooting contest. Not saying this changes the game, but I was driving into the office that night and the radio broadcast of PJ Carlosimo, Doris Burke, and whoever the fuck. <laughs> When that goal, when that non goaltending happened, I've never heard Doris Burke get more upset at the NBA, a league she loves. She said, That is a horrible call <laughs> at a horrible time. I hope the story isn't about the refereeing after this game. I, I, Scott, because some of the fouls were just boneheaded plays, like yeah. KCP fouling three point shooters, but some of them were interesting. And I would say, What was most interesting? Daddy, why did the referee all the way across the court call that foul? <laughs> Great question. I don't know. My 11-year-old daughter is seeing things that seem a little odd out there. And again, when you when you call when you when you're not really when you're letting them play early and then you're calling ticky-tack sh shit early in the fourth quarter, what are we trying to do? Again, it, it, well, I'm not the, the someone conspiracy theory, and we gave out. I think we were all on the what over. What kills me is I laid this plan out like two weeks ago. It the was over, like, oh. the over ended up hitting, and but it sounded like, by all accounts, every sports book needed uh, Denver and the under. So I feel like a lot of places got killed. So maybe they weren't tied. So I said Denver was going to crush in game one, and then the Heat were going to come back. But then I completely was like, <laughs> "Fuck this! I'm in on the Joker." Now I'm I'm just pissed at the series now. Yeah, what the ref. The, but, but by the way, who who was the 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 black official in the game last night? Uh, brother, the Courtney, Courtney Kirkland. Courtney Kirkland. He was the controversial guy that made the face when the bucket went in, right? <laughs> oh, you talking about Lewis? Okay, maybe well, I'm wrong. Not talking according, about Lewis. Not according to the fired, but that yeah, different guy. The oh, Eric, no, that Jimmy Butler one, that was Rodney just, Mott. That I'm was not a Rodney I think oh, so we're just using refs all over the yeah. place. Okay, cool. <laughs> anyway, right, making sure. Uh, there, there were right. just a couple calls where it was like, damn, bro, you're getting real eager to make that call. Scott, what was your take on the officiating last night? I thought they were brutal, if we're being oh. honest. But I know game one, people were going to talk about how, you know, they balanced it out because Miami got killed in the free throw department in game one. Once again, I just thought Miami wasn't being aggressive enough and they settled for too many jump shots. So I didn't think the officiating was that bad in game one. Game two, I know that Kramer just mentioned the start of the fourth quarter and how Miami, a jump shooting team, was in the bonus with like nine minutes to go in the quarter. But forgetting about that for a second, you had the Jimmy Bowler pass to Vincent where he's standing out of bounds and they just didn't <laughs> call it, which turned into a free three points. You had the three possessions in the span of about two minutes in either the second or third quarter where Jokic complained about three separate calls in the span of about 30 seconds, and each call gave Miami the basketball. And I, I never saw a single replay on any of those plays besides the one with Bam going for a rebound where he knocked the ball out of bounds and they called it off Joker. But I saw three plays or so in a two-minute stretch, which all went against Denver, and I didn't see a replay on two of those plays, and it all w benefited Miami. I thought that was a little bit weird. And the goaltending. I thought it was an was obvious goaltend live. Now on the replay, it looked closer, but I thought it was a goaltend. And I know you don't want to make the argument the same exact script would play out afterwards, but there's a huge difference being down three than being down yeah. one with about 10 seconds left. Yeah, but I, I, mostly the goaltend, you can't miss that call in that situation. Uh, the out of bounds call for Butler, you can't miss that one either. And once again, I'm sure you can maybe vaguely remember the plays I'm talking about with Jokic basically yelling at the ref 
three separate times in the span of two minutes in either the second or third quarter. I got to see a replay of those plays. I still haven't seen it, but there were a couple of moments there where Denver got the short end of the stick. The KCP fouls were fouls. They were just really dumb fouls. So I'm not even excusing those, but it did feel like Miami was getting some calls that maybe they shouldn't have gotten. And Denver didn't exactly get the friendliest of whistles the entire night. Look, I'm uh, as as someone who has officiated basketball <laughs> games at the youth level. You got if it's a, if it's a pro like okay, if anything with the goaltending, cool. You called nothing. It's always better to call nothing. The problem was they were sprinkling in a lot of calling of something. Did Mike? Did Mike Malone use his challenge? I forget because I when no how, when I, I saw that he had two timeouts left to end the game. <laughs> yeah, when when I when I saw that goaltend, I go awesome as a heat backer. But then I thought I, I assume they were going to challenge that. Can I, 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 I think he, I think he ended the game with his challenge. So I think so, some of that's on Mike Malone. I, I consume a fair amount of sports media. It doesn't seem like many people were like, it seems like the, the scab screen screenwriters are doing or, or, or script <laughs> writers are doing a good job. Cause it, it's not dominating the, 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 the media. People are just talking about, oh yeah, this makes sense. Cause to me, and I would go back and look at the stats. It strikes me as it, like in game one, when people were, if you're crying about the heat, not taking enough free throws, it seems like the heat have to play in a game that involves free throws. Like if neither team goes to the line, I'd imagine Denver wins nine out of 10 of those games. So uh, it, it seems almost like the heat just need the referees involved. They need those free throws, those made buckets so they can sit back and, and rotate through Spolster's defensive ski, which by the way, he's, he's showing again that Fucking this nerd ass video coordinator that Pat Riley, I, he's Spider from fucking Goodfellas. He, no he's one, Spider. He no just one, never got shot in the foot. No one can figure out the zone. It's it's really uh, pretty hilarious. Moon off. If you're if you're uh, if you're the Nuggets, what are you doing different going into Game Three here? Like, what adjustments are you making? We saw. We saw Spolstra started Kevin Love game two, gave him some good minutes. I mean, Kevin Love defending Aaron Gordon, I think was was a storyline. Jackson <laughs> talking about I was Kevin like, Love. What he's staying in front of him? I, I again, that was very surprising to me. But what do you think? Uh, what do you think the Nuggets counter is here? I mean, I don't really think they need to make a lot of adjustments. But one thing I think that I said that if they paid played with a lot more pace, like they did during the regular season, Mike Malone has says has said this during the playoffs as well is that they're at their best when they are playing with pace. Yeah. And I think they kind of got away from that in the second half uh, of the game in game two and in game one as well, where, you know, Miami did uh, make a little run there, but it was that second quarter really that they were playing with a lot more pace and really created that separation um, in that first half. And it, they just get away from it. So I think that's they continue pushing the pace. Um, they can really, you know, just, I think it's just that one adjustment for this team, because we just talked about in game two, some of those calls could have, gone way and way or the other. And we will be talking about Denver being up two games and nothing heading back to Miami right now. So they only lost the game by three points. Um, so I think that they just continue doing what they've done in the first two games, play with a little bit more pace. I think they're going to be fine. And I think that they can maybe carry that vict- victory into game three and take it two games to one lead. Mike o- also Miami played like a near perfect, perfect first quarter. Yeah. I'm uh, one, my boy, Max Struess just came out. I, I think he hit his over yeah. eight and a half in like <laughs> 10 minutes. You know into what? The first that's, quarter. that's the other thing too. There's no way the officials of the '90s NBA are giving calls to these nobodies. Mm. 
Like there's so, there's an element of like who the fuck are you, Duncan Robinson? Like you're flailing like that because you suck. Yeah, you know, uh, say what you will about Stern. He had like a strict policy when it came to who got yeah, good foul calls and who did. Don't touch MJ like that. Uh, Mike Malone post game said, "Quote: Let's talk about effort. Oh, this no. is the NBA Finals, and we're talking about effort." Malone said some Nuggets players were quote Porter. feeling, feeling Porter sorry Jr. for themselves because they missed shots and it impacted. The rest of the game, it did feel like they I'd there was Michael some complacency. Porter. I'd sit him. Scott, would you sit Michael Porter? Sit him. Uh, but that's who he was talking about. Right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty safe choice. KCP was trying. He was just trying too hard because he kept running into shooters on the three point line. Yeah, MPJ wasn't guarding anybody half the game. Yeah. But it really seemed to me. I know Kramer's mentioning the free throws. The disparity really wasn't that bad. In fact, Denver actually had two more free throws. I just thought some of the calls missed were kind of egregious. The real story for Miami is can they hit three point shots? Because in game one, they missed a bunch of wide open looks, mostly Struess, who went 0 for 9 from three in game one. Game two, he was great. Vincent was great in game two. Uh, Duncan Robinson had a great stretch to start the fourth quarter. Uh, but to address your question initially, it really seemed to me like KCP and Porter Jr. like sabotaged the entire game for Denver <laughs> because I know Murray wasn't great, hit a couple of big shots late, still at 10 assists. Uh, Jokic was great. We already know that. But you're looking at the minutes that KCP and Porter Jr. gave them. Did they do anything the entire game? Like Porter Jr. at least had a yeah. double double in game one because he had 13 rebounds. He only had six in game two. He went two for eight from the floor, one for six from three. Was a negative 15 <laughs> in 26 minutes. That's it. How and is that Caldwell possible? Pope was a negative 14, but he played a, he played 10 more minutes than Michael Porter Jr. I thought KCP was the worst player on the floor. Just simply put, he fouled out in 36 minutes. He <laughs> was fouling shooters left and right, and he only attempted four shots. But Porter Jr. was really bad. In fact, he got benched towards the end of the first half and even into the fourth quarter. He committed that foul on Bam when Bam had a free run for a dunk. And then I don't think Porter Jr. played again until KCP fouled out. So the real story for me and what they need to adjust is either getting better contributions from Porter Jr. or KCP or letting Bro uh, Brown play more because I thought oh, Brown yeah. was actually really yeah. good in game two. Yeah. And I would have kept them in for longer, but they forced KCP back into the game in the fourth quarter when he was giving them absolutely nothing. And then he immediately fouled two more times on like, the first three minutes he was back in the game in the fourth quarter. But for me, it really comes down to that shooting guard, small forward position. I would give more minutes to Brown, to both Browns, Bruce Brown and uh, Christian Brown. And I potentially give less minutes to Porter Jr. and KCP or you hope either of them show up for game three, because I think you'd agree that based on what we saw in game two, they were easily the worst two players on the court for basically the entire night. You got to fight fire with fire, but get the tryhards out there. Like Porter jr. Made bad decisions and didn't yeah. try hard. Get him off the court. The dudes wear br br uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the Brown Brown kid. Get the greenies he's out wearing, there. He, he's, he's almost, he's basically an NBA greenie. He's wearing fucking <laughs> leggings like that. Like that's a greenie move. If I've ever seen oh, one, like on. keep the it's legs great, great for your, your like, hammies. He's a bench, he's a bench nice player. He's got to keep everything warm. He's not used to playing all these minutes. 
He's going to overheat there. Look, I, I think it's, you have to battle effort with effort and that's the heat's plan, right? They want to drag you out into the deep water as Dan Campbell would say, <laughs> get you out there and sit bite your kneecaps. <laughs> Ironically, Detroit uh, get, getting back to the NFL. They had like a really gutless defense <laughs> that got run all over, but uh, Tony in the YouTube chat, I think brings up a great point and we've, we're kind of getting to it here, but it did seem like Miami's game plan was, Hey, we're going to try and stop Jamal mm-hmm. Murray. We can't stop the Joker. We'll, we're just going to try and stop Jamal Murray. If we can stop Jamal Murray, at least slow him down. Uh, that can kind of disrupt the rest of their offense, force Joker to be the score that he necessarily doesn't want to be, and that creates some uh, some good opportunities for them. Getting to game three, we'll let you start off, Moon off. What's the play here? The uh, Heat once again are a dog. They just continue to be a dog, regardless. They're not going to adjust the line. Heat are catching plus two and a half, uh, plus one fifteen on the money line. Total sitting at two fourteen and a half. What's your take for the NBA Finals game three? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Miami here again. Um, this line has moved from two and a half down to two uh, at home so far this season or in this postseason. Miami as a home underdog, four and zero against the spread, three and one straight up. Um, the only concern I do have, I do believe they sh- they should get Tyler Hero back, but what in what capacity is he going to play? Is it going to be a minutes restriction on him, and that might kind of mess up the flow for the uh, Miami Heat. And depending on how many minutes he does play, whether it's 15 minutes, whether it's 20 minutes, you know, his first game back in over a month for the Miami Heat. But um, I do like Miami in this game. I do think they take a two games to one lead. I think my more favorite play in this game is going to be the under two fourteen and a half. Mm-hmm. If you did bet the over in game two, I think you were very very fortunate to get that <laughs> over. Uh, just because we talked about with the free throws and everything that kind of went down in that game. But I think we'll see more of a defensive effort. Like this might be one of those ugly type of games where it's low two hundreds. Uh, I think maybe like the first hundred or 105 points wins this game, but um, under for me, and I'm going to take the Miami heat plus two um, uh, for game three, Scott, what are you looking at here? Game three. For me, I think I'm going to lean to Denver in this one. I don't feel great about it either way on the side. I do also kind of think it's tempting to be on the over in this game. I'm not sure if I'm going to fully go to the window with it, but I do think that Miami once again is going to stick with their game plan of just taking a ton of three point shots. They attempted 35 threes in game uh, two and they made 17 of them. So you can argue that there might be some regression. On the other hand, watching Miami this entire postseason, I'm not sure regression exists with this team because they constantly just shoot over 45% from three. Denver still gets whatever it wanted. And even though you ended up seeing Miami play a little bit of zone Joker still dropped 40 points. Like I didn't think Miami's defense was insanely great. It just seemed like Murray had an off night Porter jr. And KCP couldn't really shoot. I do think I'm going to lean to the over in this game, hoping that Miami and Denver maybe push the pace. Uh, Munaf mentioned before Denver might be more aggressive pushing the pace. I think Denver was fine. The issue was just miscommunications on defense. And if you're going to keep playing Porter Jr. 30 minutes a game or like 26 minutes a game, you might get a lot of those. And Miami's gotten a lot of good looks in the first two games of the series. I think I'm going to lean to the over, but I think I am going to lean to Denver, hoping for some form of regression in terms of just Miami missing some shots or maybe Denver at least covering uh, guys better on the three-point line. But it doesn't change the fact that Joker is still unguardable. Miami has no answers for him. And the argument is, well, we're going to force him to pass more. We're going to force him to pass less and take more shots. But Sean, you pointed out he had a decent amount of assist looks and Denver missed shots as well. I think I'm going to lean to Denver. 
I, I just feel like it's pretty fascinating that Miami finally steals a game and it felt like everything had to go right for Miami yeah. and they still only won by three points. That's that's a great I, point. I'm, I'm going to lean to Denver. If Miami wins, it is what it is. You know, Miami's been the zombie team the entire postseason, but doesn't it feel like everything went right for Miami, whether involved officiating, <laughs> three-point percentage, I, and just how the fourth quarter went? They still barely won the game. I found that a little bit concerning long term. Yeah, yeah, as I was watching, I did. It, there is something about an NBA bad call that just sounds better than the other leagues. It it just crisp like wow, what the fuck are you doing? And that Denver crowd had a lot of those moments in that game. Like the oh, you, to, like to, almost to, I can't every believe. replay on the jumbotron. You knew when they made a bad call because yeah. the fans are just looking well, at. Well, the goaltending it sounded oh, like yeah. the Roman Coliseum. <laughs> I just was started laughing. Yeah, I think it was just me in the in the in watching God's eye. I just started <laughs> laughing out loud to myself because I when that happened, you knew as a heat backer. Yeah. I'm like, this is our night. Yeah. But um, to Scott's point, like I agree with all of Scott's points about like, hey, they're due for regression and this team, this team, every game, every game, every series in the playoffs, it keeps coming up like, well, they're going to regress back to who they were in the regular season. Oh, they, they should come back to earth here. And this, this team just doesn't do it. I heard someone compare um, uh, the nuggets. I think it was Rosillo and uh, Simmons. They were comparing this uh, heat team to the uh, to Joe Flacco and the Baltimore mm. Ravens that year where mm. they just kept winning. And you're like, the, the, Joe Flacco's not going to pull this off. Like they're going to lose to the more talented team and they keep kind of pulling stuff out of their ass. So is KCP the uh, Broncos <laughs> safety who completely yeah. just misplayed? Yeah, yeah. he was the guy. Yeah. Oh man. That was, I uh, still remember poor Dick Olson. Yeah. We were hanging out with Dick Olson. who was a huge <laughs> Broncos fan. He literally uh, were out in LA and he had already booked like in the early fourth quarter, his flight and hotel for the uh, AFC championship <laughs> game back in Denver before the game was oh, over. Fuck. Oh man. And he That's had, a, fault. he had a giant foam Broncos hat <laughs> and then he just passed out after the game. And it was, uh, it was a great, um, it Sean, was I do want to ask you since I kind of brought it up. Do you think Miami could have played a better game? Like where can Miami improve after what happened in game two? It felt like Denver had a pretty mediocre game. They were up 15. Now, to be fair, a lot of those came in Cody Zeller minutes and he'll probably never play again. So I'm not sure if Miami's <laughs> going to change the rotation or not, but still Cody doesn't Zeller. it feel like Miami basically played a borderline perfect game in the NBA finals and they still only won by three and Denver had a decent, but not great game. I mean, well, Miami, uh, I'll, I'll jump in there. Miami was up by 12 points, about 339 yeah. left. Well, in they were. Quarter. And then they stopped. And they hit a couple shots, three Denver stopped fouling yeah. on three pointers. Yeah. They, they, I mean, Aaron Gordon hit a three point shot, and then Jamal Murray hit another one. Actually, hit, I think he hit two down the stretch that kind of made it a closer game than it was. But um, yeah, I think that, yeah, Scott, you're right that, you know, Sean talked about at the top of the show that Miami has to shoot, what, 48 plus percent from three point land for them to have success. And they've been doing it. I think we've been doubting this team all throughout the playoffs. I know we talked about in the M NBA pod that, Hey, against Milwaukee, nobody picked them, but here they are. They beat New York. Mm -hmm. They beat, uh, they beat the Boston Celtics. They are now tied one, one going into game three of the NBA finals. At, at one point, do we stop doubting them? Uh, and saying that, hey, they legitimately hey, have a chance to win this championship. Yeah, I'm I mean, still giving I, them props. I just think it's a good zigzag theory opportunity. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like people are so low on Denver because they dropped a home game where Miami shot about 48% from three and were the beneficiaries of a couple of questionable whistles throughout the game. I do acknowledge Miami was up by a lot and Denver made the game very interesting late, 
But I think it's a good zigzag opportunity spot because you mentioned Hero might come back. Besides the potential rust, whose minutes is he taking? Because most of Miami's bench has been really good. Is he yeah. taking Martin's minutes? Well, it's interesting because I, I know Martin's been dealing with the illness that they said after game two. So if he's still ill, maybe, you know, I think he takes his minutes. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I guess as far as like what they can do to improve, I mean, obviously Butler is a scorer. I think maybe you can get a little bit more out of him, but to your point, um, you're right. Like everything worked. I mean, you're getting, you're getting good buckets from Kyle Lowry and Cody Zeller, but again, they, that's kind of how they've been winning. And I guess the counter to that is, can we trust these role players around Murray and Joker on the road? Well, we'll see. I mean, obviously Denver's been pretty good in the playoffs, but going on the road. And you mentioned zigzag, honestly, to me, the move is whoever loses game three, bet them huge on game four, because I just feel like this series is going to go back to Denver two two. And I, I'm kind of going back and forth as to whether the heat win game three or game four or vice versa. Like I, I just, I don't see it going back to Denver three, one either way. Well, I mean, let's think of it because at this point, Fully, just full, full, fully committed to the fact that it's fixed, mm. or it's at least. Pre- I said heat and seven, baby. Predetermined. So I, I think you have to have Denver win this game because okay. you need to have Miami and Jimmy Butler in the underdog role. Well, you, the oh. the conspiracy theorists in the chat are pointing out that uh, the entire public. I don't know if you want to look at the bet splits, Ryan, but he was saying it's really lopsided. Obviously, we're taping this. Uh, Monday night, Denver. Denver. The public's on Denver right now. Again, well, who it's bets early. early? Sharps. Oh, okay. But so I mean, you're. I mean, we're just the four guys banging our swords <laughs> together right here. Uh, of course, it's all wrong. You got to wait for the referee report and see who's refing. Then yeah, you that's a fair point. I don't know what everybody's is Foster going to make an appearance? Who knows? But all I know is once again, I know Miami has been doing this all postseason long, and they've been great. And once again, I'm not taking away from what happened in Game Two. They did what they needed to do. They came back. I thought they were dead in the second quarter when they went on that massive run with Jokic, with Jokic being on the bench, and then Miami came back anyway. I'm just saying if you need to shoot over 45% from three to win and Denver can get 40 from Jokic and Porter Jr. and KCP can give you nothing and Murray doesn't do much either. I do think that with everything that happened in game two, it would suggest that Denver has a lot of room to obviously improve for game three. And once again, if you want to lay two and a half fading a team shooting north of 45% from three, which in my opinion is the only way Miami is going to win. There might be some value on Denver. That's all I'm saying. Mm. I quickly want to jump in here. Um, jump in. Scott uh, mentioned the second quarter. That was one more play that I did have Denver minus one. You can find this on DraftKings right now. The first two games of this NBA finals game one, Denver outscored Miami heat 35, 24, and then game two, 30 to 22 in game two. I think this is when Jimmy Butler does go to the bench. Uh, for the Miami Heat, so I think that's something I'm going to continue riding with Denver minus one in the second quarter. Well, and we we that would be the answer to the question. I think is Jimmy Butler has a game. He he hasn't really showed up. You know, he hasn't really well, done. I, and honestly, I mean, he had like a solid game. I thought Scott's he, he right. He's hurt. Assists. He made some big shots in the fourth quarter, but yeah. he was kind of coasting for most of the game. Also made some bad shots. I thought uh, honestly, if I'm Denver, figure out a way to attack him. That was that. That's the problem. You, he's he's sitting there in the corner, not doing shit on defense. <laughs> You're putting no pressure on him, and if he is hurt, test him. Test him. Yeah. 
I'm going to give Butler a little bit of props on defense, though. I thought he did a good job on Murray. It seemed like he was kind of trying to deny a little bit on Murray. Now, with every offense nowadays, you're going to be setting endless amounts of screens. So I'm not sure how long he's going to actually guard Murray. But I thought Butler did a pretty good job in ball denial spots, which might actually pivot to a prop I was going to mention later. But I do like Butler under 25 and a half points. Okay. I mean, if Miami's going to keep taking this many threes... And I don't know why Miami would change anything because they've been getting wide open threes the first two games. And now Butler spending a lot of energy on defense guarding Murray and Murray did have an off night. I don't know why Butler would suddenly like go for 35 or Miami would pivot their entire offensive game plan. It seems like the plan is let Butler facilitate and we'll see what happens. Now, Butler can go nuts from the floor. Maybe that's the case. But after what happened in game two, why would Miami really change much of the game plan? I just think that Butler is going to be more of a facilitator. I might be tempted by the double-double or maybe 10-plus assists for Butler, mm. but Miami just keeps chucking up threes, and it's been working for him. So I think I'm leaning to under and Butler again. People are going to keep waiting for the over for Butler to hit. I still think he's injured. I think he's definitely playing through something, but it does seem like he's embraced more of a facilitator role in the series. Yeah, I'm with you. I like the uh, the prop that jumped out at me was Jimmy Butler over six and a half assists. And your point, like he, I think he had nine last game. There's a world where he gets a ten assists and he gets that double double, and that's a nice the double double. I think's like two forty, two fifty. That's a good price on that. So I'm I I'm with you on that facilitator angle. I'm gonna take Jimmy Butler over six and a half assists. I'm also just gonna take the Heat. I mean, I I just can't get off them, <sighs> especially at home. We'll see if they win. Then maybe I'll have to take Denver in Game Four as much as it pains me, but I'm a, I'm gonna roll the dice one more time with oh, the Heat, Sean, they, and I'm gonna I'm gonna. These are basic ass story writers. Mm. Jimmy Butler's a dog. <laughs> you can't put him in the you can't put him in that lead role. Plus, can that narrative apply though when Miami's an underdog in every game? Yes, that's true. That is a good just point. Gonna, I'm just wondering because you know Miami in a corner, they're a dog. Well, they they are getting two and a half in game three, so that's they are fair. technically they're a they're dog always anymore. the dog. It's okay. crazy how they've been favored so few. The one times. time they were favored, they lost in game four against <laughs> yeah, Boston. Yeah, against so Boston. one time. As far as your question about the betting split, so but, uh, I'm, I'm also I'm also going to be on the over. I I do think uh, Scott was mentioning Moonoff even who likes the under pointed out the pace. And I could see this being slightly slightly more uh, pace. So I, I think that's good. Before for I mentioned the betting sp- splits, I did find a ninety-eight to one little build a bet. Ooh, all right, because I have a, part. I have a seventy to one first basket play that I'll. I wanted to throw it out early Wait, just to make seventy sh- to one first basket. Yeah, are you intrigued, I'm, Scott? I'm curious where you're going with this. One. <laughs> Stay <laughs> tuned. All right, you just blew, Scott. Uh, I wanted to throw this out there to make sure everyone else was aware of the stakes we're playing for tonight. Forty points, thirteen assists. Uh, for for Joker Murray six three pointers, that's the crazy part. That's it. That's it. Ninety eight to one. Oh my god! That's a hell of a parlay. That seemed like some value. So so it sounds like you're three things have to be right. <laughs> so it sounds like you're on the Nuggets laying the two and a half and over. Oh, as I'm well? just gonna. I'm just going hard Nuggets. All right, my Nugs. <laughs> Plus Miami on the line. That, that home crowd down there in Miami. Ooh, shaking in my boots. Uh, my edge boost double down play of the day oh. is going to be the just the heat and the two and a half. But oh. uh, sports gambling podcast just make it the money line slash. All right, yeah, it's heat on the money line plus one fifteen. Sports gambling podcast dot com slash edge zero percent interest to double up your bet. There's sports gambling podcast dot com slash edge. My DJ play of the day. Scott said seventy to one hmm. first basket. What could that be? 
happy first basket and the type of basket. So oh. Kevin love to score the first basket oh. of the game. And it's a two pointer. No, I'm predicting a long jump shot just inside the arc. Ah. Kevin love 70 to one. What's his three pointer? I'm going to say Kevin love to uh, dunk it on the first. <laughs> well, that's that got to be mean, at least a hundred to one at that point. minimum. Yeah. He well, dunk? that was like James Harden had a, had a first basket dunk uh, against the Celtics. I, that was like yeah, off a similar odds. Yeah. <laughs> the first minute of the game. I will yeah. say, yeah. I will say that was game you, seven. I think. Yeah. If you missed it, Mark Jackson talking about Kevin Love's outlet pass ability was was I mean he great. is the greatest outlet passer of all time. It, this is the it's the strangest thing you to are. have such a strong strong opinion and conviction around. It was I mean right. I, I think he's right to be fair. I mean yeah. to be honest, no he's not he's I mean, not wrong. You're comparing him to like Wes Unseld or you could probably throw Joker in there, but Joker's arguably the best passer of all time. It's either him or Magic, but. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Love's been a great outlet passer since UCLA. That was a storyline back then. So <laughs> I understand it's like the most niche thing to praise somebody for, but it's I think he funny. was right. I, I think Kevin Love might be the best outlet passer of all time. My, my so. favorite. Sean, you got to you got to brag about your outlet pass. <laughs> I would, yeah, underrated outlet passer. Uh, my favorite moment from the announcers was I don't know if you saw, but Gabe Vincent was. Uh, There's a moment where Gabe Vincent was really sad that Kevin Love missed him oh. on an open possession. Oh, gave him a hug. Yeah, and Kevin Love yeah. gave him a hug, and Van Gundy's like, "Oh, what are they? They hugging now? Because you, you're saying he goes, he missed the open basket. He said he's sorry. Like he he should." Have passed it to you. We're, we're hugging it out here. Van Gundy is Van Gundy, and the other announcers are just like, "Yeah, I guess we I, are." He's got three years before he gets canceled <laughs> accidentally for being a grandpa. Something. Yeah, it was just a, it was just a hilarious old guy uh, take. It was, it was really great. Moonoff props. What's, uh, what's jumping out at you? Yeah, I put a, a little same game parlay together here. Uh, if you want to play them separately as well, you mentioned the Jimmy Butler assists. I took that over six and a half. Uh, Jamal Murray's had 10 dimes in both of the uh, first two games here in the NBA finals. So I added that over eight and a half uh, for Jamal Murray um, assist. And then bam uh, right now, the market has it at 32 and a half for his points, rebounds and assists combined. Uh, he's gone over this in each of the first two games rather easily uh, here in the NBA finals. I'm trying to pull up the exact numbers here, but uh, game one, 26 points, 13 rebounds, five assists. And then game two, 21 points, nine rebounds, four assists. So I uh, cleared um, both of those numbers. So I'm going to play all those separately. But then if you want to, uh, same game parlay it, it's eight to one. Ooh, nice. I also like uh, toss a toss a little play there on Kyle Lowry over seven and a half points. The guy Is he just, all right? What, what do you mean? Is he, Is he hurt? hurt? He's he's his like something's up with him. Mm, I don't know. He, no, Lowry. He just sticks his legs out trying to draw three point fouls. <laughs> yeah, he's house. just he's just a crafty like dirty veteran who Strange figures out how to oh. get a couple buckets. He's I'm, he's his wagon is slowing him down. Yeah, he, he's oh, got I, that giant butt. He like pushes <laughs> out to draw fouls. I'm and, like, Any any way he can get to the line, he does, and then he'll hit like one or two threes. And it'll get you that uh, eight points, Scott. Anything, anything else you want to toss out uh, plays wise? Yeah, I know Murray assists is tempting because he had ten in each of the first two games, but I am actually going to look at Jimmy Butler in this one. I mentioned the assists, but if you want to parlay ten plus assists Woo-hoo. with under twenty five and a half points, in oh. other words, Butler to keep his facilitating role and maybe not look to score that much, that is ten to one. Love it. Love mm. that idea and love that. I, even as a Jimmy Butler stand. I don't think he's not trying to 
score. Like he does that move where he like runs under the basket and then kicks it out to the three. So. It saves a scoring for the final like six minutes of regulation. But yeah. since you have the Heat winning, you're assuming they're going to keep hitting threes. And yeah. Butler's usually the facilitator for those threes. So yeah, so maybe even tie in Heat money line with that because if he's if he's getting assists, they're probably going to win the game. I'll, t- um, I'll tell you what the Heat money line in there is. Yeah, if you throw the Heat money line into that, it is twenty one to one. Hashtag Dejan's only. And then uh, you put in uh, Kevin Love first basket oh. exact two point. And, and then we're and oh, then we're all millionaires. Parlay that unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's where they they fly uh, your cowards. They fly your Kramer. Account. Any other any other picks you want to toss out? Here? Was 98 to one was, was did you want that more? was well I I, I don't <laughs> I I assume that was it but I don't sometimes I wrap things up you're like oh what I don't get to say another pick I just wanted to make sure I went first that's all <laughs> all right you uh, for the record you're ninety eight to one is locked in ready to go. Big thanks to Scott and Moonoff. Make sure you subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast if you haven't already. Smash tennis. Also tennis. Tennis was podcast. on God's eye today. Yeah, we? got a little tennis going. MLB again. Daily picks pods. Moonoff and the boys over there. Yeah, Scott. Actually, Scott, uh, feel free to if you just randomly slide into our DMs with a tennis play <laughs> throughout the day. That that's acceptable. I, yeah. I mean, all all the picks yeah, are the you know, on the podcast. So yeah, there you, you know. go. Scott's not going to give like it a free. Subscribe. God, these fucking these these paywalls are tough. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. right. That's what's great. Completely free. And I like Scott. He's like, hey, I'm I'm doing the show. The you got to listen. You want the picks? Listen I actually to the just show. posted the episode for the quarters right before we went live, so All that right. is up now. Check that out. Make sure you the subscribe button on our podcast, all the podcasts on the SGPN network, download the app. Uh, make sure you keep uh, entering uh, the contest. Cause there's daily for the Stanley cup final and the NBA finals. There's daily uh, stuff in there as well for you to enter. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for participating in the sports gambling podcast for the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean, a second the money green. And he is Ryan. The final answer. It's like a 60, 40 split. Not that crazy. Kramer. Let it ride.